Oh, hey, guys. Are my two years up already? What's it like out there? Huh? I mean, do people still dance? I'll be seeing you again. Where? The next time you do something bad, I'll be there. Oh, catch you. No, no, plan the evening. No, I meant to like arrest no, you. Course, I'll arrest strange. you later again. Take it easy. Okay. I'm Griffin. I'm Molly. And we're going into the superverse. Dun, dun, dun. We're returning to insect land. Welcome back to Into the Insect Verse. Into the in- Insect Land, I thought. Well, it's just one. I updated it to make it work with the name of our pod. <laughs> Who else is in the Insect Verse? Spider Man. He's an arachnid. I don't want to hear it. Blue Beetle, the next installment in the Insect Verse, coming, coming this year. Well, the Wasp is there. Yes. I'm sure there's others. <laughs> it's good enough. Uh, Ant-Man across the insectverse. That's what they should have called Ant-Man 3. Anyway, yes, we are here to talk about Ant-Man and the Wasp. This is coming at a, a good time. Um, we are, which is kind of crazy, only about a month out from uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Yeah. Which, uh, you know, it, it's felt... So far off for so long, knowing what we know about it, knowing that it's a big event knowing movie. Knowing what we know. Knowing what we know. Well, Kang is there. Plus... Which Kang? We don't know. Is it the real Kang? Which is... Who is even Kang? We don't know. But, you know, watching Ant-Man and Ant-Man of the Wasp, these are both, like, palate cleanser movies. The first Literally Ant-Man Literally for this one. Yeah. The first Ant-Man came right after Civil War. Much more lighthearted romp. Oh, I see. Yeah. And um, the wait. No. And this one came right after Infinity War. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, and it was much needed. Um, Peyton Reed, the director of these two and the upcoming Quantumania, has said that Ant Man and the Wasp will, well, Quantumania will not be a palate cleanser type movie. And why would it be? Because, you know, unless you're counting Black Panther, which would, you know, maybe need that, maybe not. Um, there's quite a gap between... They want to wreck some people? They do want to wreck some people. I mean, personally, my my thinking is that um, Hank is not long for this world if they gotta if they got off somebody. They're obviously not going to kill Ant-Man. They're not going to kill the Wasp. They're not going to kill Cassie. And they're not going to kill Janet, hopefully, because that would be stupid. Right, because they so, just brought her back. Who are we left with? I'm just saying. We'll find that out next month. What if Hope dies? That would be shocking. That would be shocking. But. And then Cassie becomes the wasp because in this movie, she's like, I want to be your partner. Just like that. It's exact. Yes, that is. It's true. That would be really bold. But, you know, I'm not going to put anything um, out of the realm of possibilities. I kind of hope not. I feel like it'd be fun to have like a little like actual like family team running around. But well, I would also like him and her to get back together. I didn't like that they weren't a couple in this. Yeah. I need more romance in the Marvel movies. It is pretty lacking in that, you know. They even said it in She-Hulk, you know, they've historically been pretty, uh, well, that was specifically referring to sex scenes, but they were like, we don't really do much in There's that department. But. maybe a chaste kiss. <laughs> Very chaste. And once it was just to be a distraction on an escalator. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, I, I wouldn't be mad if they decided to like embrace that a little bit, you know, but anyway, so yeah, uh, for, for context, you know, if you've been keeping up with our episodes, the last MC movie that we discussed was infinity war. And if you hop in a time machine and go back to 2018, infinity war comes out in April and man of the wasp comes out, I think in, uh, June, July. So not only is like everybody desperate to figure out what happens, uh, in the aftermath of infinity war, but Ant-Man of the Wasp is being advertised. It's been announced. We know that it's not taking place after Infinity War um, because that would be an insane choice. Yeah, they're like, no, this is not taking place after Thanos did what Thanos did. So everyone kind of... It's kind of happening at the same time. Yeah. yeah. I think when they announced that, everybody was kind of like a little frustrated because, you know, how could you not want the story to be moved forward after that? But, you know, we get a little bit. Um, but yeah, for the most part, this is definitely a much needed um, kind of course correction back to just like a more lighthearted MCU outing after what the the emotional wreckage that was Infinity well, War. Well, it was until they did the post credit scene, which I know I'm kind of going in reverse right now, but literally wrecked me when we saw this. Like, I was so upset. I'm still upset watching it. <laughs> upset that they did it? I'm upset thinking about Paul Rudd or whatever, Ant-Man, stuck in, like, being abandoned like that. Like, it is so upsetting. Yeah. It's Him really- just being like, hey, guys, pull me out, and then appears back in five years or whatever. His, like, the entire world has changed. Like, it is just so upsetting. that There's nothing else to it. It is really, like... Like, all three of them gone? Yeah. Like, that's part of the reason why we've said it so much, but why the MCU is not delving too much into, like, the aftermath. Or, you know, they have. But not, like, on a personal level, because that is, like, horrifically traumatizing. Even for, like, Scott was not snapped himself. He had a different experience right. on it. And, like, you know, which, like, is, very which is worse. He's just like, been he, on his own in, like, the most confusing place in the world. Yeah. But at the very least, it was only for four hours. So... Oh, that's what it felt like that to was, him. Yeah, because that was the whole thing. It's like, oh, yeah, it was five years, but it only felt like a couple hours. Maybe not even four. That's, that is that does help me. Yeah. So um, it's, it's a possibility that he just genuinely thought like something just like broke. Right. You know, and he's not, he's not assuming. Well, no one's assuming the apocalypse, but. Um, well, let's talk more about the post-credit scene like while we're there. Yeah, because, well, I was just going to say, though, you said they haven't really dealt with it, but I do think that they're going to deal with his relationship with his daughter, which is oh, why yeah. she's going to be, like, a main character in this. Yeah, they absolutely will. And it's in the same sense that uh, someone pointed out that I think I already talked about this, like, maybe in our Wakanda Forever episode or another time. But the original plan for that movie was for um, spoilers, you know. This is, you know, it was going to be dealing with something similar, just uh, T'Challa dealing with the loss of time and having to, like, you know, how that affected his relationships with everyone in his family. So if what is what Chadwick, are you spoiling? Well, I didn't I didn't end up saying it. So <laughs> so if if Chadwick it was Boseman, like what they might have done right, and if Chadwick Boseman hadn't died, then we would have had essentially like two really similar stories happening in the sequel to Black Panther and Ant Man Three. If they were assuming that they were going to go down the same path of like, oh my god, like Cassie well, is sixteen years old now or whatever. And I don't think Ant Man's going to like. 
like that's I don't think that's gonna be like the entire movie. No, but it would have been like really similar. Just like a parent addressing that, you know. Quantum mania. Yeah. Well, like we don't know. Uh I think they will like use that as a big plot point because Cassie's been like a really she's like the heart of these first two movies. Um and you know, I don't I don't see them wanting to change that formula too much. It makes Scott, like, a very unique character in the MCU. He's not just, like, on his own doing all this stuff. He has he has a family, and he has a daughter, and, like, all this stuff. So does that, Clint. Well, that's kind of... Yeah, he does. Um, so, fair. But, you know, they are the exceptions, I would say. Which is why they're not in Infinity War. Right. They're with yeah, their families. Yes. Yes, indeed. Uh, yeah, and just to go off that... Um, I remember like watching that post credit scene and being like, oh shit. And of course, just like instantly theorizing how that's going to connect to, uh, you know, the snap and all that, because people were uh, hypothesizing time travel for, as it was just called, like A4, Avengers 4, for a long time. There were actually set photos that got leaked in like 2017 of Endgame being shot the New York flashbacks, everybody's wearing their old school suits and stuff, including Captain America, and Ant-Man's there with them. So everyone was like, oh, like, of course, nobody, I don't think anybody correctly guessed the way that they were going to go about it, but, you know, the presumption was that somehow Scott would be the key, so everyone's uh, mental cogs started turning, and then when they cut back to the house where the ant is going about his business playing drums after the snap happened, I just remember like seeing that and they're playing like the uh, public uh, broadcast notice or whatever, like the yeah. beep. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what's going on? Like, this is so creepy. I'm like, I know there's an ant playing rock band drums right there, but like, what's going on? And uh, just like another tease. Like, no, of course there was no resolution, but I was like, I wasn't expecting to have to confront this again. Right. It was very disturbing. Yeah. I was disturbed because, yes, I was like, oh, we we laughed. We were happy once again. Um, We had forgotten the trauma of Infinity War. Not so fast. No. I mean, they had to do it. No, of course they they did, but it was just like, again, I just, it's like, to me, it brings up, like, the fear of being buried alive. <laughs> Do you know oh, what I man. mean? It's like you're yeah. in there, like, all alone, and, like, it's like being lost in space, which I haven't seen Gravity, but I'm pretty sure one of them gets separated and is just out there. Yeah. Like, slowly dying. That's what it feels like, and it's so scary to me. Pretty horrifying. <laughs> well, that's why, that's we're, why it's we're extra deep on horrifying. Super I mean, yeah, you're right, though, because yeah, that's totally... Yeah, maybe I've thought about it too much, but I'm just like... Hey, it's what it is. I don't know if Peyton Reed was planning on uh, instilling, like, mortal fear in anybody, no matter how sad the post credit scene was, but here we are anyway. Let's, let's get back. To the beginning. Yeah, well, so the rest of this movie does not induce um, crushing philosophical thoughts about dying slowly. In fact, it's quite a good time. And we're leaving off, um, you know, we, we're following... Should we do all of our notes in reverse order? Just kidding. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> I, would, I think I would get confused. More confused than I usually do just so trying to follow that, my notes. So before that, this happened. Yes. Oh, my God. Um, we were following Scott Lang's plot thread through the MCU, and a lot of it has revolved around... Um, 
you know, his his rights to the Ant-Man suit, I think Hank Pym is still very much, like, wrapped up in the identity and, like, is reluctant to accept that Scott, like, is doing his own thing with it, when especially when he's not supposed to be, such as going to Germany. I think it's a great embrace of Hank Pym as a character and keeping that so up front and center. Also, a note that I had in the in the middle of my notes is, like, Hank Pym is, like, not a good da- guy. Like, he's, like, a good guy, but he's, like, not somebody you want to be in partnership with. Uh-uh. No, and historically, he has been like that in the comics. They, yeah. They really softened him up for the movies because, like, there's a lot of these characters in Marvel, like a Reed Richards type, like, yeah. abrasive, smart guy. Yeah. But, like, comics Hank Pym was, like, on another level. Right. Like, real piece of shit. Like, not, really not good. Um, like, he's so such an <laughs> asshole. Yeah, so in I think they, they do a better job. Of balancing well, it. Yeah. Well, also, not even better. Also, it's like better. the Mike it's does just, this of it all. Like, he's very likable. Yes. But I think they even lean into it more it, here. The first movie, most of his conflict is with Hope. And, you know, it's like, well, how much of this is, like, Hank being Hank? How much of it is just residual, like, family trauma? And in this, we, like, you know, when we meet Bill Foster, it's like, oh, so you're just like this with everybody. Yeah. And, yeah, he's just, like, genuinely a difficult person. Yeah, and, like, he, like, two instances of him not getting along with coworkers. Also, in the first movie, they show him getting mad at S.H.I.E.L.D., although we're, like, on his side then. I mean, that guy was, like, provoking. Actually, and Bill provoked him, too. They both, like, invoked his wife when, like, trash-talking him. Well, he just said Janet was the only one that could put a... Oh, and then he's He's like... like, And then she got what... What you deserve. She paid the price for it, (laughs) and that was basically what... Which is not true, also. Like, that wasn't Hank's fault. It's just him pushing his buttons. And if I recall, the guy in the S.H.I.E.L.D. flashback in the first movie was also he made some crack about his wife dying and that's when he like punched him in the face and everybody else is like, well, we're not going to defend you for that, bud. Um, but the first scene, isn't it a flashback? Yeah, it is. And this flashback, so it's like them going off on this mission and we see like what happens to Janet. Yeah. And we see a de-aged Michelle Pfeiffer, like first thing. She looks great. She does. And it's just cool because we had, (laughs) wait, what? Grease too. Oh, Grease too. Uh, yes, they they had. I think they modeled her off of that. Um, I just thought it was cool that they spent a lot of time like talking about her. Like we knew the idea of the character and how much she meant to the family, but we didn't see her. Um, and now like we're just like right off the bat, like we're seeing that we're seeing flashbacks of the missions that Hank was talking about in the first movie. Like oh yeah, like here it actually happened, and. It's really cool to see, like, the original Ant-Man of the Wasp duo on a mission. Um, I do forget a lot of the time that, like, Hank was in the field using the suit and wasn't right. just, like, doing science just stuff. just a scientist. Yeah. Um, the, it also gives me really big Andrew Garfield Spider-Man vibes of, like, the parents, like, saying this, like, very dramatic mm-hmm. goodbye and them being like, we'll be back for yeah. sure. Yeah, imagine, imagine <laughs> actually following through on that scene in the same movie. Couldn't couldn't be Amazing Spider-Man two, with what they just they never they didn't like follow up enough on that plot in, oh, in right. those movies. Yeah, they're like, just like in this no they, they they waited to show that scene until it was actually relevant to the movie at hand, which is probably what they should have done if they wanted to do that plot. They could have waited. 
I mean, they technically could have worked this into the first movie just to give more context. Yeah. But... but I'm glad they didn't. Otherwise, it would have been like, are you... I don't think they would have cast Michelle Pfeiffer if it was just going to be that. No. They probably would have had to, like, recast her or something if they were like, oh, she's going to, like, actually come back now or something. Also, just, like, one of the most perfect casting choices, in my opinion, of the MCU in general. Really great, and I'm excited for her to have a bigger part in the third movie because the whole time I was watching this, I was definitely under the impression that she, like, got out of the quantum realm sooner than she did and was, like, involved, like, in the battle somehow and then kind of forgot like the way that it actually played out which is you know fine and we got we got scenes with her like in the quantum realm anyway a bit with hank but definitely um happy to have more of her it's also like a really they did a good job of reintroducing and reminding us of like the dangers of going subatomic and um because, you know, some eagle-eyed people notice that, like, you see a wasp silhouette when Scott's in the quantum realm in the first movie. Even the when I look for it, I really... Yes, exactly. I really have trouble, like, uh, seeing that, even, like, knowing that it's there. But I also think they did a good job of recapping where we're at because Hank's, like, talking... It's like a voiceover of Hank talking to Hope being, like, remember this but like it worked for me even though it was a little like yeah we get what you're doing here but it was like short to the point we're like okay we're ready to watch this movie now like that's what i need honestly for every marvel movie to be like this is what this is where we're at little recap (laughs) not too much i also thought that it was cool that um scott is not in the opening scene it's he's not there at all. It's right. just Hank and Hope talking to each other, and it's like, well, this movie's like really about like them, them and Scott's just like along for the ride which to is help. Great. But yeah, it's not. He's not the driving force, which unfortunately, you know, we don't get as much uh, Bobby Cannavale and Judy Greer. That was my note. Was I wish that Bobby was in this more? Yeah, and Judy, but mostly but, Bobby. Yeah, because like they were such great inclusions in the first movie, and. The way that the third movie is going, I don't think we're going to get any of that. No. I mean, I don't even think all of the, as they say, the three wombats are going to be in it. I mean, well, T.I. for obvious reasons. But I don't even know if (laughs) Luis is going to be in it. I I feel like Luis will be in it a little bit. Yeah. Probably bit parts. But they're always a good time. Um, And we get the introduction. Oh, um, wait, sorry. Is that from Michael? Oh, Michael Douglas. Um... I, I like them showing, like, a successful blended family in this one. Yeah, yeah, it's not all... They're so supportive. They've got they've gotten over their issues. They're all good. Maybe a little too supportive for Scott. <laughs> <laughs> I forget Bobby Cannavale's character. Like the villain. Paxton. Paxton's just very huggy. <laughs> I think it's But not funny. in the last movie. No, 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 no. Um, but we get the introduction of Agent Wu. Woohoo um, is what my notes said. <laughs> what like incredible. Like absolutely incredible. I am still so happy that they did this because it's opened up like the possibility for him to just keep coming back into random shit. He's an easy character to fit in. He's like a better um what's his name from Black Panther? Ross? Yeah. No. Is that his name? Yeah. You're talking about Martin. Yeah, Martin Freeman's. Why Martin are there Freeman's two favorite? Rosses? They can't rename him from the comic. They do, they could, but yeah. Anyway, definitely just like yes. more. 
you know, and it, you know, fitting with this movie, his the version of the character is more lighthearted. He's not like on a big mission. He's just like being like an annoying house arrest inspector. And they just did such a good job with casting him. Like Randall Park is just an incredibly like, likable and like charismatic actor. And he just like does like, especially the character that he's playing here. He's like so, so like, good. Yeah. And like, I love how he was incorporated into WandaVision. Yes. Like very welcome addition and inclusion in WandaVision. Um, you know, he's a youth pastor. It makes sense. Uh, he's, <laughs> and the, the bit of like him and everybody else being so mystified by the close up magic. I love that. I fucking love that. We also get another good recap of him explaining in children's words, what the house, why he is on house arrest, which I also think is like really important because if you're not an avid fan, which I bet a lot of people saw this movie because so many people saw Infinity War, like that brought a lot of people into Marvel. And so I'm sure we got some, there were some stragglers that were like, I guess I'll watch the next one. And they're like, what the fuck like, is going on in this movie? So like, we needed these little recaps. And I love him being like, and that was Article 3 of the Sokovia Accords. And now he's on blah, 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 blah. Like, I just thought that was great. You're and he's so not allowed to contact any of his friends like blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, this is so perfect. And they're like, yeah, they hate his guts. It's like, oh, we're getting everything laid yes. out clearly. And it felt good. It felt like. It wouldn't have worked in all movies, but it worked in this one. Yes. The line, your dad went to Germany and drew on the walls with Captain America. (laughs) Just like perfect summation. And even for someone like me who is definitely like keeps up with all the stuff, like I didn't really think about, you know, especially not during my watch of Civil War, the the repercussions of Scott being there with the Ant-Man suit. Because like, yes, in the first movie, we know that Hank is like fiercely protective of the suit and is like, always basically on Scott's like little radio anytime he's like doing a mission in the movie, but we don't, that's not happening in civil war. And I didn't think about it, but in hindsight, it makes a lot of sense that things played out the way that they did. Cause he just up in the middle of the night and left basically. And they yeah. were probably like, dude, what the fuck? <laughs> like I thought we were cool. Uh, and dating, um, hope. Yeah. Like <laughs> he really should have brought hope. Right. Like. Well, she didn't. Did she have her suit yet? Like, I feel like he. Does he know? Has he seen her as the wasp? Because that was like the post credit scene of the first one. I don't think so. No. Because it sounds like when he sees her in action in the first like fight scene, he's like looking at all the stuff she has. Oh, yeah. Because he says, you've got wings. Yeah. So why would he have invited her? Hope. You gotta. You have to be open to. Because they were booze. Yes, but she didn't tell him that she was <laughs> got a new costume. It's true. We already mentioned this word, but you had a really funny joke during the movie about the term entanglement. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah. For me, and I'm assuming a lot of other people out there, <laughs> it's really hard to see that word and not instantly think of. Jada the whole Pinkett. Jada Pinkett Smith, August Alsina situation from a couple years ago. That's who she had the entanglement with. Oh, right. Well, we're talking about Red Table Talk. Well, should she not talk about him on Red Table Talk? She didn't mention names. That's when the, she said, we had an entanglement. Which is just, it's, I just love that so much. No one has ever said that in the history of having an affair 
Yes, I was I was entangled. But she wouldn't call it an affair because they have an open marriage. No, I'm sorry. They Alleg- redefined allegedly. what marriage is. <laughs> I can't, and it includes entanglement. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so... I just thought it was funny that you brought that up. Yes. Because you were wondering when that phrase was first said versus when this movie came out. Yeah, I was like, what's the timeline? And that was after this, right? I think so. This was in 2018? I think it would have been, but not that far after. That's definitely one of those pop culture events that's been, like, kind of lost in time to me. Like, I know it's not that (laughs) long ago of a thing, but... um, COVID, you know, time time dilated me, so now I have no idea when anything happened. Um, In any case, this would be a really weird place to make some sort of reference to it, so I would doubt. It was either July or October of 2020. I think it was July of 2020. It was in 2020? Damn, I thought yeah. it was longer ago than that, but I guess that's well, already... You said... We're in 2023! Jesus Christ. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> I could not get away from that one. But in the topic of the movie, I did like I do tend to forget a lot of the more minute plot details about this one. Um, like I always forget that Lawrence Fishburne is here. Yeah. The things I remember are Ghost because I think Ghost is really cool visually. I remember like them being in the quantum realm, and uh, Boyd Crowder being there and being. I forgot about Void. Underutilized. Also, we should just say Justified. Uh, that's his name in Justified. Yes. Boyd. Walton Goggins, he's playing Sonny Birch in this movie. He's like the uh, tech black market dealer, whatever you want to call him. He's an entrepreneur. Yes, excuse me. Um, and I have him only in my notes as Boyd, so. <laughs> I mean, yes. If you got to watch Justified, I really do hope that. Sonny Birch will make an appearance somewhere else. Um, I feel like he's primed for it. Yeah. Especially with, like, um, War Machine. That is the most uh, popular theory for him to come back is in that show. Or even, like, the new Captain America stuff. Like, any of that world that they've built. None of the... Like Doctor Strange of it all. (laughs) As as funny as that would be. We're kind of in two different camps. Like, instead of space, we now have, like, time change, like, uh, Mm -hmm. paradoxes. I mean, there's, like, a really cool chart that somebody made on Reddit um, that, like, lays out the different, for lack of a better word, realms of the MCU. Yeah. So you have the people that are in space. You have the people that do the, well, what do they call it in Doctor Strange? Uh, Not, like, celestial, but, like... They're they're dealing with like that side of things, like the Doctor Strange, multiverse, Scarlet Witch, not necessarily multiverse, just like magical stuff. I guess you could just say magical. And then you have mystic arts. Yes, mystic. I'll say yeah, that's good. And then you have like the street level people, like Hawkeye. Yeah, and Daredevil. And then you have he's going to be in street level. Yeah, right. And then you have the Earth people that aren't street level. Oh, okay. Like that's like Captain America and Shang Chi. Like they're, they're not fit into. Yeah, but Shang Chi's other... dipping into mystic arts. I would sure. say actually. Well, who else would fit better for that than what else? I mean, like Black Panther. Then, like that, they're occupying that space. They're not tied into, you know, the dark dimension or what have you. But they're really strong. 
Um, I think he will come back because somebody at Marvel surely knows like that people like Walter I'm, Goggins. I think Walton Goggins is like kind of like still niche. Like his like best stuff is not things that are super well known, but like what realm is Ant-Man and quantum medium going to be in? <laughs> Cause uh, before this Ant-Man would have definitely been earth. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll get some answers on where the quantum realm is. Cause what, what do you consider Loki? Loki is definitely like mystic. Not I don't space. consider him space. Not anymore. Well, because for all we know... Well, I feel like it not, it's not really mystic. It's multiverse. Well, yeah. I guess that, that's fair. That's fair. So, and well, then Loki would definitely be multiverse. And the prevailing theory, which I don't necessarily subscribe to, but I think is really cool and also maybe prevailing. I don't know. A theory that I have read on the internet is that the uh, all of like the Kang stuff is happening in the quantum realm because the TVA is all in the quantum realm. Can I make a prediction uh-huh. that when they come out, they're going to be in a different universe? I think they will. I think you're right. That's my prediction. It's yeah. I mean, when I like think about the the timeline of the upcoming movies, the big like finale that we have on the horizon is two back to back Avengers movies that are presumably going to deal with like a lot of multiverse business. And that's going to come with like a lot of different universes colliding. People are theorizing that's going to be like the return and also send off of the Fox X-Men. They'll bring back other like non MCU Marvel characters, just acknowledging the existence of all these multiverses and then, uh, smushing them all down into one timeline again. So everyone stops getting confused, but they need to put people in these other places. Exactly. Just like they had for infinity War, they had set up where all these other people are. And they have to establish like how that works. Like we got a bit into that in Dr. Strange. And since then we haven't really dealt with it, but we have season two of Loki coming out. Yes. But you know, like in Dr. Strange, they talk about the, the incursions yeah, that's I think that's going to be like a really big thing that they're going to like be grappling with because people are going to start ending up in the wrong places. So, yeah, I, I think you're right. And just to like add on to that, I think they're going to play it. The ending of Quantumania will very much be like, OK, like we did it. We beat Kang. Right. Let's get out of here. And then they leave another universe, another Kang. <laughs> yeah. Or they are going to make because the trailers like. You know, Kang's offering them a deal. Mm-hmm. That's pro- that's bad. You can tell. Oh, and I will say, well, you continue. But that maybe they they do make some sort of deal with Kang, and he puts them in a different. Yeah. Because the thing that I saw someone um, theorize was that Kang is offering Scott like his lost time back, mm. basically. Like, oh, like you missed your five years that's of your daughter's good. life. Yeah. Like, do you want this? But he has to do X, which I, I feel like is probably pretty on the money. Um, I'm very excited. Yeah. I just have no idea what to expect. But I, I do, uh, I'm into the idea that everything's in the, like all the TVA stuff is in the quantum realm. Because clearly Kang's hanging out in the quantum realm because Janet's very sus. And we'll talk more about that like, right. when we get to this part of the movie. Okay. Back to business. Back to business. We've got um, really fun tech in this one. We've got buildings just appearing, disappearing, cars, mini cars. Keeping the Hot Wheels 
container. People just aren't noticing giant buildings going up in San Francisco where they're, you know, known for having lots of available real estate around. <laughs> There's just so many vacant lots around here all There's the so time. There's so much housing for people. <laughs> I I honestly have a lot of respect for the fact that in the first movie they made like a paltry effort at being like, okay, when we use pin particles, things shrink but they retain their mass and you have to remember that it's very important in right. this movie. They're like, they're nope. rolling around a building. <laughs> like presumably, yeah, it's made of concrete. It's full of office items. Cars are still weighing tons and they're just carrying them around. Cause like in the first movie, it's still, they tried to give it some logic, Science. but it still didn't make sense because they have like the tank on a keychain, And when they like make the tank right. go big, it like crushes everything, but he's carrying out a keychain. You know what? When you're dealing with something like this, I think it's not worth inanimate it. objects don't have that rule, but people do. Sure, that works. Because they're they work, don't right? really move people around. Like they all leave when they make it small. Except, yeah, they do. They never are moving the stuff around, like the the building. Mm-hmm. They're obviously driving the cars, but um, yeah. I mean, I think they're. If you look close enough, you might be able to find some consistencies. But honestly, I think they were. Just I don't like, even care. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't like we. They. I think they. I'm. I'm guessing maybe had a discussion about it. It's like, oh, does this work? And they're like, fuck it. We want to have fun with this because it's cool and fun. To get a Stuart Little level car scene was the best thing ever. Yes, very good. I love it. Like, I could watch a whole movie of them driving around in those little baby cars <laughs> and not get tired of it. I want. A uh, Italian job vis-a-vis Ant-Man in the mini cars. Fuck yeah. No, that would be so fun. Like, yeah, I don't know. I was just like, I love all the miniaturized Making them big and then making them small again. Yes. You know? Just like they lean into it and I love it. It's perfect. It was a really good call. Because that's like one of the most unique parts of these movies. So, of course, like just go all in, guys. I, I also should have said this when we were talking about Walter Goggins, but I was like, Boyd. And I said, I hope this is a shared universe with Justified. And it wouldn't be that crazy. <laughs> is it? Boyd is on he, some venture. You know, he's just trying it out. He's got his followers. He's got, you know, he's making deals. Bad news for... Raylan's after him. I'm very much on board with uh, that being part of this character's lore. Great. Just just really pat it out. I'm surprised that Timothy Oliphant hasn't become a Marvel character has he am i forgetting something no i don't think so it's Um, only a matter of time yeah i hope so cowboy i'm sure that there's like a really great character that he would fit in it doesn't even need to be a cowboy they can just have him talk like one i mean like when he showed up in the mandalorian he was literally a space cowboy but it doesn't have to be one-to-one he could be in a you know hawkeye or miss marvel yeah daredevil Oh my god, please have him show up in Daredevil. So, and also talking about the miniature stuff, the uh, the fight scene in the hotel utilizes a lot of that, which is just so fun. Like, making a salt shaker big and hitting somebody in the head with it and, you know, like, hope running alongside of a knife that somebody threw. It's like, you yeah. don't, there's not a lot of options or opportunities to do fun stuff like this because so many characters don't have crazy powers. Like small-scale fight scenes. Yeah, so... And, like, not to say that they didn't do it in the first Ant-Man, because they did, especially, like, in the last fight between him and Yellow Jacket. But in this, they're, like, not afraid to make that a 
where they don't need to make it like a climactic thing. They just integrate it into all of the fight scenes, which is very welcome. Baba Yaga. Ghost. Yeah. Ghost is a cool villain. Because what did we just watch that they were <laughs> calling him the character Baba Yaga? And John Wick. Yeah. yeah. We just watched John Wick the other day, and they have, they keep using that term. And I said that when we were watching it. Yeah. All I can think of is um, uh, Kurt, uh, David Desmond character in this being a Baba Yaga. <laughs> really, really great. And um, I visually, Ghost is cool. I don't think her plot has ever really like clicked with me as being like the strongest villain motivation like on paper it is but the execution i think it gets a little muddled like in this movie because they also pulled back like you said earlier they made hank more likable so then for her for us to be like oh she's valid we're like Hank right, is but actually, like fine. We've, we've been hanging out with Hank for like a movie and a half now, so we are not on your side, even though he is a dick. <laughs> yeah. Like, and I think they could have easily made him more of a villain, but they were like, we don't want to do that. So then they just kind of half-assed her backstory. Mm-hmm. Well, you risk, yeah, you would, you would run the risk of like audiences starting to like not sympathize with Hank, which would be like a problem for the story that they're trying to tell about Hank about trying Janet. to get Janet back. Right. So Or he'd have to make like some serious amends and like Hank's not gonna do that. No. No. If he's he's made it to this old being this grumpy, yeah. <laughs> it's not gonna change now. But it does give us like you said, Lawrence Fishworn as um Bill. Bill. And I think Bill is an excellent dude, great guy. Yeah. And Really enjoy his plot in this. Me too. Um, I wish he had gotten to do more in it, but, you know, he was more uh, important in this role in this movie than he was as the Daily Planet editor in Man of Steel, I would say. So (laughs) as far as Lawrence Fishburne's track record for superhero movies. I also feel like we have the exact right amount of ghosts, even though, like, the story could use, like, maybe something a little bit stronger. Like, I think the amount that she's in it is great. And like the end where we like, okay, we resolve this. And then like, you know, we've got two, three, you know, um, adversaries, not really like villains, but like, you know, we got woo, we got Goggins, we've got, um, her all. Yeah. I'm into that. I think you're right that, yeah, they didn't overdo it with her character. Or not too little, like, because that's usually my problem is that they'll, like, kind of wait and then, like, bring them back and it's like, oh, right, we forgot about this. Like, who is this again? Like, Yeah, no, they did a they did a good job, like, introducing her here because they could have, like, waited until after they met with Bill for her, like, character to become, like, a part of the plot. But this was good because it raises, like, a lot of questions and everybody is just, like, shocked and scared. <laughs> And everyone has very clear goals in this movie. Like, Wu wants to catch Mm Ant-Man being a bad boy. Goggins wants to sell this, like, tech. Mm -hmm. She wants to get this thing so that she can, like, you know, be a human being again. Phil, Bill wants to protect her. Like, everyone has such clear motivations in this movie. And they're, like, crisscrossing all over each other, and it all makes sense. And it's never like, oh, I guess I'll buy it. Like, I buy everyone's motivations. Yeah, yeah, which they didn't, they didn't, like, overdo it with anybody. Like, no one was, like, 
and I'm, I'm adding a couple other Marvel properties here, like Ms. Marvel, they, they had different motivations for characters, but they like overreached with some of them. Right. By, like, I don't having buy it be, all like, of world them. ending threats where it's like, this is obviously not going to happen in Ms. Marvel. Or obviously if there is a world ending plot that was on the table in Ant-Man and the Wasp, that's not going to happen. Right. So like, let's not even bother. Or like Avengers two, where it's like, why are people making these choices? Like, I'm not asking that question. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, this is just, like, a really hectic couple of days in San Francisco. And everyone's acting like themselves. Yes. They do a very good job of that. It helps that there's been consistency with the Ant-Man movies, too. Yeah, they don't have that much lore to be balancing. It's all, it's fairly I just mean, and, like, the same team worked on both. Yes, that's right, that's right. Uh, And Ghost is also just, like, really cool visually, the phasing in and out of stuff, um... Gives also, like, again, like, the miniature stuff is just a lot of opportunities to do cool fight scenes and action sequences that normal people can't, uh, like, going through the cars. And, I mean, I thought Hank was dead when she had her fist through his neck the first time we watched this. I was like, oh, shit. But no, just almost. Um, And Ghost will be coming back um, in Thunderbolts. She's in Thunderbolts. But, like, does she still have her powers? That is the question. I wonder if she, like, deteriorates, like, what... Um, well, yeah, because like he was going in to get her, yeah, some quantum stuff. Yeah, so maybe. Well, they'll probably if they want to bother with that, they'll be like, "Well, she got snapped, so it was fine." And then when they when they all come back, then she starts getting her stuff again. I hope that she has her powers because the line. No, I mean she doesn't. Like well, he never gave it I, to her, so she did go back. Yeah, yeah. And now they don't have a way of saving her hmm. or helping her. Well, or whatever. I don't know. They. I feel like they can work around it. Well, in any case, in Thunderbolts, I hope she has powers because a lot of the members on that team that we that we know are in the movie don't have powers. Oh, that's boring. It's like Yelena and Bucky and John Walker Uh-oh. and a okay. bunch of those guys. Like, but they just like fist fight. I'm like, give us some more powers here. And then we have Taskmaster and Ghost. So it'll be fun. I'll withhold judgment. Um, I really like the bit where. Scott is making fun of, like, the classic MCU disguise. I was just, that was my next note. We look like ourselves, but at a baseball game. Because in Civil War, especially, it got really out of control. Well, that's they had when they had to Literally everyone. No, that was in a, a Winter Soldier. Oh. But similar, you know, just give everybody a, a weirdly nondescript baseball hat and sunglasses. I think that the all of the comedies in the MCU, so like this, Miss Marvel, She-Hulk, Hawkeye, do a good job of like, well, sometimes it's a good job, sometimes it's silly. It's like, uh, we read the comments, like we're going to call out our own shit here, mm-hmm. but it's funny. With She-Hulk sometimes obviously I being the most like overt. I was, I think I got annoyed with it in Hawkeye. Yeah. Yeah. Hawkeye. Mm. Well, it's all, it's in the writing. And yeah, I yeah. think Hawkeye struggled with that a little bit. It was bit. a little too blatant. Yeah. But it's still funny. And I love the USPS shout out. That, <laughs> they have um, tracking numbers Paul now. <laughs> I'm also a big proponent of the USPS. Me too. Uh, I got some of their flat rate more, boxes upstairs. And it should get more funding from the government and they should fire the current Postmaster General. There's yeah. my PSA for yeah, you. Fuck on Louis, the US Louis DeJoy. Get him out of here. <laughs> Am I right, Paul? You, you got it. <laughs> uh, 
real obscure shout out here. Um, I don't even remember his name, but the guy that voices Dutch in the Red Dead Redemption games is in this in a very, very small part. Yeah, he's on Wu's team, uh, which makes I've seen him in this and he's in one episode of Parks and Rec. He's a very distinct looking guy. So I, I, I know when he pops up, but he has one line and I was like, yep, that's him. I was like, do they reveal Boyd's FBI, like, inside guy? And then I, they do, and it's, like, not a big reveal. That is, like, that comes and goes. Well, because it's, like, why would it? Like, this is not... Yeah, I guess I thought it was going to be, like... Well, I didn't think it was going to be woo, but I was like, why is this, like, a secret? Because like, that guy's, like, on his team, and I think they yeah. maybe should have, like, had him... They should have had him, like have some lines in the beginning when they're like searching yeah. his house and like have him be like a bit of a dick. Like there feels like there's a deleted scene. There are several him. deleted scenes from this movie. So for all I know, there could be. But yeah, I wrote that and then later it was obviously revealed, but, and he like dies pretty sure. Yeah, I think so. I think he gets got by ghost. ghost. Yeah. So Rip. he got ghosted. ghosted. <laughs> Uh, we get more acknowledgement of like shade, uh, shield doing shady shit. Yeah. Weaponizing ghost when she's presumably like a teenager. Not cool, but nothing, uh, nothing new there. But does put Michael Douglas back in. I'm a good guy. Cause I don't fuck with shield. Yes. Damn. Yes, indeed. Um, there is one reason why I think Michael P is going to be in the next movie is, um, they mentioned getting him a suit. He says, can I get a suit? And then he goes down to, doesn't even have to have powers. Can just, I just get a suit? Just can I just suit. get an outfit? <laughs> so I'm just saying, put Michael Pena in a suit. I mean, I'm game. I'm game, but he might Suit not. up, you know? Is, that's a dangerous time for him to suit up. In, in what? In Quantumania. He might have to be the one to rescue them. Oh, my God. If they do that, then, yeah, that's... that's it's his van. <laughs> it's true. It's very true. My favorite line, arguably my favorite line, is "Who are you, and why do you so know so much about car wash protocol?" Yeah, I know. I love all of the stuff with him. I think they must have cut at least one of his monologues. I think so. He only but gets the, the one. The, the on one that we got is zero. it's really good though. It's really good. We needed like a natch one. Yes, but I just that, that and like the line of like he's like a jukebox. Like you just if you put a coin and you gotta let it play out. <laughs> Uh, all the truth serum, like, it's truth serum. It's not truth serum. And then at the end, he's like... It <laughs> is truth serum. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. It's good stuff. They, yeah, there was just, like, they implemented these little side characters really well. And this is... I mean, I would have to do, like, a, a power ranking. I, I lose track of all of the MCU stuff every time I try to remember them all. But uh, this is probably up there with the funniest. This, is, this one is very funny. Maybe funnier than the first one. I think it is funnier than the first I one. I think the I think the first one's funnier. But see, like I'm, I'm forgetting like all of like the jokes and the but small also, stuff, which I probably get. I think the first one seems so funny to me because it's like a huge change. Like it was funny because it hadn't been done quite like that before. Yeah, that's true. Um. The mini cars are my fave. Love the car chase. Oh, really good sound design in the car chases, I think. Yeah. Really good job with that. I don't normally notice stuff like that. 
But when it's good, you do. Yeah. Yeah, they just had that was really fun. I just I loved the the size changes and keeping it in the little Hot Wheels rally case, which I had as a kid, of course. We uh, had a bigger one because that wouldn't have fit all well, of the cars. I had a bigger one had. too. <laughs> you know, that <laughs> like was just that was only for one? a couple of them. Did you I had like that a, one? I had like a huge just like storage bin uh, full of them. My brother had like this blue one that was like a suit. Like it, like it was small, case. but yeah, nice. And it was like a rectangle. That but the wheel is way cooler. Real jealous. Well, yeah, the wheel is sick, and I used to also play a Hot Wheels computer game that the wheel is a big motif. So you know, I love that. Um, the scene where Scott is like talking or Janet is talking through Scott. It's so funny. So good. So good. I love that. Just like all of his little really like mannerisms when he's talking yeah. to like Hope and he's like, oh, honey. Which I feel like is not quite how Michelle Pfeiffer even acts when we see no, her, but I love it. I love not. it so much. Just let him, let Paul Rudd ham it up a little bit. It's like it. when they do Polyjuice Potion in Harry Potter. Yes. It's like this is the real acting right now, like in the Seven Harrys. It's chapter, so good. But it's in the movie. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I just, I really enjoyed that. And I'm also like, has Janet been like using computers in the quantum realm or have they just not advanced their technology since the seventies because she knows how to do everything. She like comes out and she's like, Oh, we just have to like tweak the, uh, algorithm. This, the algorithm. I'm like, how do you know how to do that, Janet? Well, I will. I feel like <laughs> algorithms aren't like the technology I mean, I guess. there isn't changing. Yeah. It's not it's not serious at all. But. Also, the quantum realm that we see in the trailer looks very sophisticated. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like she could have been. But like I don't think they knew that when they did this movie, because they make it very different. There's a city in the background. Oh yeah, you did it. say that. Which they cut. Oh. But it's there. Like they shot it. They they had the effects team like design that in the background and that's intentional. I mean, I, th- I think they always had plans for the quantum realm. Yeah, I guess so. so. Um, Bill, he's just like a really good dad. Yeah, he's just he's just struggling to to he's do right. He's a better right, dad you know? than Hank. <sighs> that's for sure. Yeah, and he just wants the best for Ghost and Ava. What, is that her name? Yeah, but he's he's not about murder. Right, that's what I mean. Like he's like, I don't want you to be this person. Don't go down that path. And I have to stop you as your dad. Yeah. No, really, yeah, they did, I know, like, I, I was, like, well, that plot feels a little, just, like, a little under, I always say, like, undercooked, but, like, I got it. I say I the always, same shit I every episode. I say baked a lot. Yeah. So. It just doesn't, like, reach its full potential just because of, like, the nature of what this movie is, and that's okay. Like, they needed to. They're more of a distraction. Yes. And as the movie went along and veered towards the climax, they had to refocus on the like main gist of it. Um, so that's okay. And they still did a pretty decent job of um, explaining their dynamic and the backstory on ghost and how that plays into Hank being Hank. I do. So talking about the quantum realm and Michelle, when we finally see her, she like does the powers thing on Ava. And I hope that we get, her using like her powers or whatever, but not just in the quantum realm. Like I hope we get some scenes outside of it where yeah. we actually get to see her flex. I'm hoping that she like 
forever has powers. It would be cool because she's in Endgame, right? Like barely. Like she's, she's like in that montage right. scene. But yeah, we never see her like. And she's just fight. like in another wasp costume, I think. I think Actually, you're right. I'm not even sure if she is. I, I think it might just be Hope. I don't remember. Tbh. Well, we'll watch that we'll be in two months. Soon. So. Well, uh, we we won't remember that. Because I don't remember Michael Douglas being in it. He's at the funeral, but I think that's it. So maybe that's where Janet is, too. Oh, yeah, she is. Because I think, well, my guess back then was that she was going to be maybe it evil. That she was going to be a bad person. Oh, right, Because right. something happened in the quantum realm. Which I'm pulling back on that theory, but obviously, like they say it in the trailer, like she has been up to some shady shit down there, but I don't think she's like a bad guy. Yeah. Well, and also like it just occurred to me like there's there's not going to be like a a one to one time ratio. Like I already mentioned, like you know Scott was in there for five years and he said it felt like a couple hours. But I think like times in like it doesn't work the same there. Right, as it does she could here. have made it. She could have been like it's been a hundred years. Right, so I'm really curious to see how it's like that the works. TVA. Yeah. Strange things are afoot no, in the quantum realm. That's a different realm. show. <laughs> <laughs> Stranger things. I got it. It's a good one. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I mean, so she she gets out. Well, what happens first? Okay, so now everyone starts converging on the same place at the same time. Right. Everyone's coming after Scott, who's been conspicuously running around downtown San Francisco in giant form because his new suit still doesn't work, and he's not wearing the old one for some reason. Um, But because of that, you know, great scene where he's just, like, using a flatbed truck, like a little knee scooter. And just flicking people's guns out of their hands. I, I enjoy that a lot, too. And him almost drowning. Yeah, it's pretty rough. I mean, but how big did he get? Pretty big. I want to I see the math done. Because he says, more he's than, talking to Bill, he said 65 feet. Yeah. And that was... I feel like it was more That was in that. Civil War. So, yeah. It's too big. <laughs> Way too big. But that was, that was also a great scene. And, we, yeah, uh, random... Tim Heidecker appearance as the like tour guide on that boat. Like, how do you get in there? But yeah, really fun just seeing everybody. Well, I don't have a ton of notes on it because it's just a fun action scene, but it is a fun action scene. And I like that Ava doesn't die because I thought she was going to. Yeah, no, and I don't think we wanted her to. I mean, yeah, she was, we felt bad for her. She she was starting to push it at the end there. She kept trying to kill Janet. I think they could have hi- highlighted or heightened even more the fact that she is like a trained operative. Yeah. Um, which I think we see, like we see her being very like good at her job, especially like the first mission where she does succeed in beating them, and. Like, I think that's a really good showcase of, like, this is somebody that knows what they're doing out in the field. Yeah. I would have loved, I think, a scene of her. Like, they do a little scene of her being. Really short. But I, I think having a, in her flashback story, I wanted to actually see her. Like, a Bucky style. I bet we'll get that in Thunderbolts. Yeah. 
I would like to know if she and Bucky ever worked together. That would be really cool. That would be. Because it was like, well, I guess well, it was technically still S.H.I.E.L.D. then, even though it was like really Hydra. Okay. Yeah, that would long. be mm, very curious. Or them having fought in the past and him being like, yeah, I know who that is. I bet they'll do that. I yeah. bet they'll do that. Bucky knows everybody. I just I just want more Buck is what I'm saying. He'll get more Buck. He's here. He's not. I don't think he's going anywhere. Don't, Sebastian stands like. Don't tease me on that. A uh, couple notes. Well, there's. I have one note on that during that um, car chase. Is that when Ant Man is in big form, he like punches Ava directly in the face, and I'm like, how is she alive? Like he like punches through the windshield of the car and hits her in the face. I mean, she's like phasing. And her face mask like, like breaks. Over. She's like regenerating yes. her cells. All Which the is time. Allegedly painful, but she's fine. She lived through that punch. I'm just kidding. But aye, that aye, was aye. a big big boy punch. But that's what I mean, like it immediately No, I know. Okay. It's like it's she's like always in pain. It's like Wolverine. Like he's healing, but also like every time he puts he his claws out, it. he gets fucking yeah, he cuts his skin open again. Um I also can't believe that they had a full fight next to the quantum realm tunnel and nobody fell into it. Well, that's what I thought was going to happen to Ava. Yeah. Like, I was just like, oh, this is like such a hazard. And then nothing happens except she gets hit by the quantum car, the quantum mobile. <laughs> that was a little silly. Bonk. <laughs> She's fine. Uh, one of the things I most, like, revisit in my head when I think about this movie is the last exchange that Scott and Wu have. I have that in my notes to have that as our movie quote at the beginning. I think we must. Uh, just love it. I hope that it was like I'll just letting them you. like riff a little bit. When? <laughs> I just what? Like when I, like, I just mean like next time I'm arresting you. It's, oh, okay. It's like I thought you were planning the evening. <laughs> did you want to get no? No, <laughs> no I, wish, I don't. I wish they did. I wish they did go and get dinner. I just want to know what they would talk about. We would try to recruit him to go to his church. Aye, aye, aye. And you asked if uh, the credits, they like are showing stuff with miniatures and you were asking if they used those at all, like scale models or anything for the movie. Yeah. I actually meant to look it up. My gut tells me no. It, but I love that. Like knowing that all of Star Wars was like filmed like on a table is just awesome. <laughs> I, I feel like I maybe even mentioned this on pod, but like I saw a post on Reddit that was a picture of the uh, pod racing stands from episode one. So like not even the originals and to, to simulate stands full of people standing, they like had like little toothpicks. Like what? It's so fucking cool. I wish people made movies like that still. Yeah. Like, yeah, I just think, I mean, all, that stuff like, holds it's so up. Creative. And it's just more fun and, you know, gives you the fucking graphic, Affects teams a break. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm sure there are people out there that are, like, incredibly talented at doing that kind of thing, and they just don't really have the opportunity anymore, and that's sad. All right. Are we wrapping up here? I think we are. I was seeing if I could find any uh, fun facts, but uh, not seeing too much... Apparently the director promised Michael Douglas that uh, his character wouldn't just be a walking exposition machine this time around. 
I guess he complained about that in the first Oh, movie. Michael, get over yourself. He's fine. Oh, and I I did a, forget about the, this is a good Stan Lee cameo. Um, of course, they're all fun, but they're not all equal. And this one's really good. It's the car disappears. And he's like, well, the 60s were fun, but now I'm paying for it. <laughs> this is like, oh, and he does have one in Endgame. I was like, this is like his last one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, yeah, no, Endgame is the, the last one. And also, yeah, Stanley was like super anti drugs in the sixties, so love that. Yes. Very <laughs> All right. Well, this has been fun. Love me some Ant Man. Yeah. Next week we'll be covering an all time great movie. And what is that? We're gonna great movie? rewind time back to two thousand eleven. Any guesses? We'll just leave it there. <laughs> Think of your favorite movie from 2011, and it's not that. And then think about <laughs> all the other ones and pick a random one of the sea of... Yeah, sea you know. of colors, if you know what I mean. Oh. All right. This has been fun. Yes, it has. Very excited to see what comes up next in this series. And we got a lot on the board for y'all. And we got Captain Marvel coming up soonish. Yes, which I'm excited indeed. to revisit that because I think it's like not amazing but i i think it's i always have like fond memories of watching it yeah i'm excited to watch it again it it kind of it falls out of memory for me but hey let's see what happens falls out of memory for carol too too true (laughs) that's a good one we are (laughs) out of the superverse. superverse